0: Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful opportunity and privilege to be in your presence. We pray, Lord, that you speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. May your word that is anointed have its way in us. We pray that it be a blessing to the hearers in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Today I'm speaking on, there is help in God. There is help in God. When Sometimes when you tell people that you are relying on God for any form of help, to some people it doesn't make sense. To some people it is foolishness. To people who think that there is no God, and if you tell them that you are relying on God for any type of help, it wouldn't make sense to them that you are relying on a being who does not exist for help. But for those of us who know God or those of us who have a relationship with God, we know that there is God. And we know that there is help in God. Now, for the people who think that when you rely on God, it is foolishness, if they are sensible enough or if they can believe in their heart that this whole world does not have a, anyone who created it, there's no creator for the whole world, then I, I think that we should not be worried when people like that see us who believe in God as people who are behaving foolishly. Because it is impossible that this world will would, would not have anybody who created it. It is impossible. And so, for those of us who believe in God, we know that there is help in God. And I want you to be conscious of that fact that there is help in God for you as a child of God. In Psalm 46 verse 1, the Bible says that God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though it waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just as the break of dawn the nations raged the kingdoms were moved he uttered his voice and the earth melted the lord of hosts is with us the god of jacob is our refuge now the psalmist Usually when you read the Psalms, first of all, you see in his introduction, he will be complaining. And then in the end, he will start giving praise to God and expressing his confidence in God. However, in this Psalm, what you see is that he starts by giving praise to God. He starts by telling us who God is. And he says that God is our refuge and our strength. Now, the word refuge there is God is our defense. In those days, in the ancient times, what the nations prided themselves in is the walls that they build as a defense. And therefore, if a nation has a strong wall, then they pride themselves in the fact that they are secure in the place that they live and so when it when if your mind goes back to jericho the bible says jericho had a very thick wall and because of that they felt that they were secure and nobody could penetrate into that city and so what, that is how they they found their security and that's how they find their pride right now in modern times if a nation has a strong army and if the the military or, or the defense the army, the air force and all those people, if they have a lot of gadgets and they have sophisticated weapons, then the nation will pride themselves in the fact that they they have a strong defense. They have a strong refuge. And so the nas- these days, nations will pride themselves in the weapons they have because the weapons form the defense. In those days, the wars that the nations had, that is their defense. That is their refuge. And that is what they pride themselves in. America can make it boast because they have a strong and sophisticated army that will defend them when there is war. That is what it meant to the psalmist when he said, God is our refuge. It means we are not relying on our the sophisticated weapons. We are not relying on the wars that we have. We are not relying on our money. We are not relying on our wisdom. We are not relying on our certificates or anything that we have. But God is our refuge. He is our defense. In another way, this, there was a, there were cities called the city of refuge, and those cities of refuge were places that people who were fugitive, people who have committed offenses that are worthy of death, will run into those cities, and when. When they are in that city, no one will kill them. No one is allowed to kill them. That is a city of refuge, a place that they they, they find a defense. They find deliverance in, in that place. And no one is able to harm them when they are in that city of refuge. And so the psalmist was saying that God is my protector. God is my defense. In him, I take pride of the, in the fact that I am safe. God is my refuge. And he says, God is my strength. God is my strength. And so he is also saying that he has his strength is in God. And God, through his people, expresses his strength. And because God is his refuge and his, his strength, he said, therefore, I will not fear. He says, God is ever present in trouble and ever present help in trouble. You know that sometimes men can promise you that when you are in trouble, they are going to help you. When everything is rosy and there's no storm, people can make promises that when you find yourself in any difficult situation, you can count on me that I'll be there to help you. You cannot rely on that type of help until you actually find yourself in trouble then you actually know the people who are standing with you and the people whose promise you can rely on. But the psalmist says that God is ever present in time of trouble. It means that when you face a time of trouble, God is there. He's ever present. In the very moment that you are going through the storm, God is present with you. He's an ever present help in the time of your trouble. So he says, because God is ever present to help me, I will not fear. Fear does not have strength over me. Now, when you look at the structure of this psalm, the psalmist touches on three things. He says that even if the earth is removed, it means that even if there is cosmic disturbance, even if there are things that affect the earth, like earthquakes, there are things that troubles the earth, I am not worried because God is my defense, and then he touches on another thing. He says, even if the nations rage, it means that if the nations are in turmoil, if there is trouble, if the nations are, are, are um, uncontrollable, if things that things happen in the nations that are uncontrollable, I will not be afraid. The last thing he touches on, which is not in the uh, um, the passage that I have here, is that. Even when God releases his anger, I will not be afraid. And so the psalmist touch on three things. First, if nature, if there's nature, um, natural disturbance, I will not be afraid. If there are things that happen in the nations and we lose control of the nations, I will not be afraid. Even if it's time for God to release his vengeance, I will not be afraid. And so things will happen that the nations cannot control. But in the midst of those things, as a believer, as a child of God, you should not be afraid because God is your defense. God is your refuge. God is your strength. He's ever present to help you in time of trouble. And so even when there's natural disaster and there are things happening around you, that causes other people to be afraid. Go back to this psalm. The psalmist says that even when the nations rage, I will not be afraid. There are people who are predicting so many things that is going to happen in this economy and that there is going to be... um, There's going to be trouble. There's going to be economic trouble or economic hardship. People are projecting all these things. But the Bible says, the psalmist says that even if the nations range, I will not fear because God is my refuge and he's my strength. He's ever present to help me in time of trouble. God expresses his strength through his people. God through his people demonstrate to the world that he is strong. You see, if everything we say about God and everything we have read about God, if we believe in everything we have read about God, that he's the almighty that he is stronger than anything that we will ever face. That there is nothing that will cause God to lose control. There is nothing that God is not aware of. There is nothing, there is no problem that is too difficult for God. There is nothing that is impossible for him. If we believe in the God that we, we read about in the Bible, the God who we have come to believe, or the God who we confess, then nothing should cause us to be afraid. Because God is on our side the psalmist says even though the earth is removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea though it waters roar and be troubled though the mountains shake with its swelling this describes a very scary situation a very scary because everything here seems as if you have to be afraid somehow but because god is his refuge god is his defense And God is his strength. God is ever present in the midst of your trouble. And so in the midst of everything that you are going through, know that there is help in God for you. God will never forsake you. He has promised that I will never leave or forsake you. God is always there. He's not too far from us when we are in trouble. You know, people promise you, but sometimes, even though they are willing, they are unable to help. And so the person who has promised you might not be present to help you at that time. But the Bible tells us that God is the only one who can be present in the midst of any trouble that you find yourself no matter the geographical location, no matter what the trouble is, in the midst of any trouble that you find yourself, be it a health crisis, be it a financial crisis, be it a marital or a family problem, the only person who can always be present in the midst of those troubles is God. There might be people who are willing, but they might not be able at that time. But God is not just willing, but he is able to help you in the midst of those troubles. And so have confidence in God. It is not unreasonable to depend on the help of God. It is not unreasonable to believe that there is help for you as a child of God. As a child of God, know that you are not forsaken, you are not rejected, you are not forgotten. God is with you no matter what you are going through. There is help for you in God. And this is a help that you can bank on, you can bank your hopes on, and help that you can rely on. Man can promise you, but man might not have the ability to fulfill every promise. Man might be willing to fulfill his promise to you, or his or her promise to you, but might not have the ability to do it, even at, maybe at the time that you need that help. Somebody might promise you financial support, but at the time that you need that financial support, not that the person is wicked, but the person might not be able to support you at that time, but God is present to help you in every time. Somebody could promise you that they are going to be with you in the midst of any trouble, but at the time that you are in that trouble, maybe the person had trouble or the person himself has a trouble to take care of. God is the one that you can bank your hopes on, that he's ever present in the midst of any trouble. So God is our refuge and our strength. He's our help. And therefore, the psalmist says, no matter how big the crisis is, you should not be afraid because God is there to help you. He says that even though the earth is, the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, this paints a picture of trouble he says, though it waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, he says, because God is my help, I will not be afraid and he talks about the fact that there is a river whose stream shall be glad in the city of God now the city of God in the context of this passage is talking about Jerusalem and Jerusalem does not really have a river in it, but the psalmist was. Jerusalem has various streams, but the psalmist imagined that there's going to be a river in the city of God that is going to supply water. And when there's a river in a city in those days, that was a great blessing because that was going to be the source of its water. The psalmist was painting a picture of continuous provision for God's people. Know that God is committed to continuously provide for you man can provide for you to a certain level even our parents will look after us until a certain time and then we take it from that point onwards and so even when you have kids and you promise that you're always going to be with them there is a point in their life that you expect that they will be able to provide for themselves but god is going god is the one who can give us continuous provision and so one because his provision will never run out two because he is forever committed to give us whatever we ask him and so god is our present help when we are in trouble there is help for you in god And when the city has this continuous provision, the thing that will happen to the city is that the city will be glad. The blessings and the provision of the city comes from the presence of God who is with them. And because God's presence is with his people, we are assured of his provision. God will help us like the break of the dawn, according to the psalmist. He says, like the break of the dawn. You see, when through through the night, Till the dawn, there is darkness. But when the when as soon as there is there is light, then the darkness will would dissipate. The darkness will leave. So you says it's like the breaking of the dawn, ending every form of sorrow, ending every form of darkness, and ending every form of confusion in your life. God is going to help you in the midst of everything that you're going through. So Psalm, in Psalm 46, the psalmist talks about his God. And he says, my God is my refuge and my strength. He's ever present in time of trouble. If you are going through any trouble, know that God is dead, present with you in the midst of the trouble. Maybe you are not going through any trouble right now. But keep this in your heart that no matter what happens on earth, no matter what happens in your life, you should not be afraid because God is ever present to help you. God is not going to leave you. There is nothing that will cause God to forsake you. God is always with you in the midst of your trouble. He is ever present in a time of need. Now, Jesus Christ told his disciples when he was leaving and his disciples were sorrowful. They were all sad that the one they relied on, that the one who was their advocate, that the one who was their comforter, the one who brought them help, was going to leave them. And so Jesus had to promise them. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Another helper means that even though I was your help, or even though I am your help right now, there is another one who is coming to take my place, who will help you. He says, this helper will abide with you forever. He is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. And that is why it does not make sense to the world when you say that you are relying on God for help. Because most people solely rely on their job for their for their finances. Most people solely rely on medications and signs for their health. And I'm not saying all these things are bad. But if you are a child of God, know that you have help from heaven. You have help in God. And so you don't only rely on your job. You don't only rely on natural things that have been created. But you know that it's a spiritual hand that helps you. That you can rely on. This spiritual hand is not limited. Medicine, science, and all those things have limitation. But with God, all things are possible. And so you can have access to the help of God if you are a child of God. Know that there is help in God for you. The Bible says that this helper will be with us forever. And he will dwell with us. And he will be with us. He says, Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, there are three people in the Bible, three people in the Bible that God really cares about. And he warns his people about them that don't harm these people. One of them is an orphan. God really cares for orphans. The second is a widow. The third is a stranger. If somebody goes to a land that, that is not his native land, he's a stranger in that land. And God warned his people concerning these this three people that don't do harm to these people. And so, because, because God sees the orphan, the widow and the stranger, as people who are helpless, as people who are without defense. And so God speaks for them, God helps them, God delivers them. And so he says that, I will not leave you as orphans, means I will not leave you as helpless people. I will not leave you as people who are without help, but I will come to you. And he came in the form of the Holy Spirit, to live in us. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is one of the functions of the Holy Spirit in our life is to help us. So he says, I will give you a helper, another helper. You see, when the disciples were working with Jesus Christ, when they were hungry, they would go to Jesus Christ and he would pray and they would get food to eat. When it was time to pay their taxes, he would direct them to go to the fish in the sea. They take out the fish, there's a coin in the mouth of the fish to pay the taxes. When, when somebody was sick in their midst, when Peter's mother-in-law was sick, Jesus Christ would just go and lay hands on the person and, they, and, and and then they would be healed. So Jesus was their helper when he was with them. And so for him to tell them at that time that I'm going to leave you made the disciples very sad. But he says, I am sending you another helper. The promise of the Messiah was the greatest promise in the Old Testament. The promise in the Old Testament that everybody was looking forward to, everybody was waiting for that promise to be fulfilled, was the promise of the Messiah. The promise of the New Testament, after the Messiah came, is the promise of the Holy Spirit, that he is going to be with us. He is going to dwell in us. He is going to be our advocate. It means that he was going to promote the cause of Jesus Christ. He was going to speak for us. He was going to be the one to defend us. He's, and this time he is doing that through us. So as he leads in us, he is our advocate and he will speak through us to defend us. And so you have help. You are not forsaken. He is going to be our exhorter. He is going to be your number one fan. When you are discouraged, when you you, you are broken hearted and it looks like there is no help, you can rely on the strength within you that is coming from the Holy Spirit. He is going to exalt you and encourage you and lead you to the purpose of God. He is our master and our teacher. The Holy Spirit is going to teach us. He is going to lead us and He is going to guide us. And so we are not forsaken as children of God. We have help and the help we are talking about is present with us now it is no help we are going to get in the future it is help that is present with us now in the midst of any trouble that you find yourself the Holy Spirit is there with you and so the psalmist says even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil there is no way the shadow can be present the item itself is not present it's like a man when you see a man's shadow wherever you see the man's shadow the man himself is there and so whenever you see the shadow of death death is also present so he says even in the valley of the shadow of death, i will fear no evil so even in the presence of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me for god is with me and so i will not be afraid there's so many times in the bible that god encourages his people do not be afraid Do not be afraid because he is there. He is the strongest we can ever think about. He is the richest we can ever think about. He is the man who has every solution, the solution to every problem that we ever faced. And so when Israel thought they had been forsaken and they were complaining in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14 to 16, he brings an encouragement to them. He says, but Zion, and Zion here will represent the church, and Zion here can represent you, the believer. He says, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten, forgotten me. And so sometimes you get to places in your life that feels like God has forsaken you. Sometimes the church will think that God has forsaken it. Sometimes the people of God will think that God has forsaken them, but but the, the answer that God has to it is Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. And so God used the example of a woman who has a, a child who she is breastfeeding that some can a woman forget because a woman is the most compassionate being when of course men also have compassion but obviously woman women have a lot of compassion for their children and so first of all god says that can a woman forget his child a woman because of the compassion that she has for her child she will not forget to her child and even if she forgets to breastfeed the child, her body will remind her, the breast will remind her, the pain that she's going to feel will remind her that she has to go and feed the child. And so it's difficult for a woman to forget her child. And so God was questioning Zion and questioning his people, questioning us right now, that can a woman forget her child? It's difficult for a woman to forget her child. And even if she forgets her child, her body, the pain that she's going to feel, In her breast will remind her that she has to go and feed the child. So it makes it very difficult for a woman to forget the child. But God says, even if a woman forgets the child, I will not forget you. The child is harmless and helpless. The child totally relies on the mother for food. A newborn baby relies on the mother solely for food. The child depends on the mother and the mother because of her compassion for the child knowing that the child is helpless they cannot get up and go and feed themselves will always feed the child and even if she forgets there is a way that nature will remind her and god says that even if a woman forgets her child i will not forget you this is a very strong comparison knowing that women will not forget their children god still says that even if the woman forgets the child God assures Zion, he assures his church, he assures you and I, people who have faith in him, that even if the woman should forget her child, God will not forget you. And so you might be going through problems and troubles. That looks like there is no help for you. When you turn to the east, there is no help. When you turn to the west, there is no help. What you have to do is to turn to God. Raise your head. Because if there is no help in the east or the west, you can look above because there is definitely help above for you. And so when you get to a place in life that looks like it's so difficult and impossible for you, you know that there is nothing impossible for God. God will never forget you. He says that he has inscribed you as in the palm of his hands. It means that God knows everything. Every one of us, the Bible tells us that the very hair on our head is numbered. It's numbered, not it just there's a difference between something being numbered and something being counted. When something is counted, you just count it, but when you assign a number to it, it means that you know that this is number three, this is number four, this is number five, and that's what the Bible says that the hair on your head is numbered. The Bible talks about a sparrow that you that you you buy one sparrow for that much and you buy two for this much and then you buy five for that for that much. He gave the price of one the price of two um, sparrows as this as let me use twenty dollars and he gave the price of five sparrows as fifty dollars. So ideally, the price of one, um two sparrows is twenty and the price of um, four, spirals should be 40. But then he says that the price of five is 40, which means that when you buy four, one is given to you for free. And God says, even the number five, who is given to you for free, will not fall to the ground without God's knowledge. That is how God is detailed about his creation. He knows every single detail. And so God knows every single detail of your life. God is not only happy and excited or present with you when you are in church and you are worshiping or when you are reading the Bible and when you are fasting. God is concerned about every single detail of your life. There's no detail of your life that God is not aware of. There is no aspect of your life that God is not concerned about. So sometimes we think that God is only concerned about our spiritual aspects. No, every single thing that concerns you Every single detail of your life, God is concerned about it. And he knows every single... The Bible says that nothing is hidden before before the eyes of whom we are dealing with. So nothing is hidden before God's eye. All the things you are facing and you are going through is naked before his eyes. And he says there is help for you. The psalmist said, God is my refuge and my strength. He's ever present with me in time of trouble. And God assures us in Isaiah chapter 49 that he will not forget us. And to even prove further that he will not forget us, he says that I have inscribed you in the palm of my arm. So he has written your name in his arm. And that is the extent to which he wanted to go to prove to us That he will not forget us. It is written. He has written our names in his name. You see, when you don't want to forget something, you write it in the book. But God says, "This time, I am writing it in the palm of my hand." That is the extent to which He wants to prove to us that He is not forgotten, us, and He will not forget us. There is help for us as believers in God, for even when a mother forgets, God is God's compassion exceeds that of a mother, and so God will not forget us god has constant care for his church and for his people so god cares about you and god cares for his church there is help for you in god in matthew chapter 18 jesus christ said come to me all who labor and and are heavy laden you see you have gone everywhere for help you have gone to man for help. You have relied on everything for help. But now he says to you, come to me. You who are in labor and are heavy, if there is a burden on you, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. If you are looking for rest from any burden, from any trouble, he invites you and he says, come to me. I will give you rest. It is his promise. He's promising you that I will give you rest. And he says, come to me. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are problems that happen in life that no, physical, no man's help will be able to resolve. That no matter the amount of money you have, you cannot resolve those problems. There are things that happen in life that man do not have answers for. But Jesus says, come to me. You've gone everywhere. But he says, come to me and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke and learn from me for I'm gentle and lonely, and you will find rest for your soul. So if you are looking for rest for your soul, what you have to do is to come to Jesus Christ, learn from him, and you will find rest for your soul. He says, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. If you ignore God, if you want to do things in your own strength and in your own way, that is a very heavy burden. But if you can have faith in God and rely on him completely that is a light burden that is an easy yoke he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light serving God is no burden having God as a father is no burden he says my yoke is easy and my bed my burden is light and he gives all of us an open invitation come to me all who labor and are heavily laden are you do you have any burden on your heart any burden in your life any burden that you are facing right now is there anything that you are going through that is too difficult for you jesus is giving you an open invitation he says come to me and i will give you rest there are things that you are struggling with there are things that you are finding solutions to that you cannot can you just hand it over to god because he says come to me, and I will give you rest. It means I am standing by, ready to help you. Why are you trying to do this on your own? Why are you trying to solve this problem on your own? Come to me if you are heavy, heavily laden, and I will give you rest. You are looking for rest for your soul. You have been restless, thinking about how to pro- how to get solution to that problem or that or the other problem. He says, "Come, just learn from me, and you will have rest." for your souls so when you learn from jesus christ you are going to have rest for your soul you see when we talk about a yoke usually in in those days they have the yoke is um they put this yoke on um on animals on on cows and use them to to plow the land and so there's a bigger cow and there's a smaller cow and the yoke is put on put on their neck or there's an experienced cow and an inexperienced cow and they they are yoked together and so what happens is that the bigger cow directs the way the bigger cow leads the way and the smaller cow follows or the experienced cow will lead the way and the smaller cow follows so all the smaller cow is what the smaller cow will be doing was to is, is to follow the lead of the bigger cow or and the more experienced cow and so in that with that picture in mind jesus is saying my yoke is easy and my burden. so come and yoke with me which means that i'll be the experienced one who leads the way and all you have to do is to follow me i will lead the way i will direct the path i'm the one who is going to lead you to the place where you can find greener pastures for yourself i'm going to lead you to the place where you can find rest All you have to do is to follow me. He says, my yoke is easy. Come and yoke with me. Come and join me for you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this is an open invitation that even though there is help in God, you have to tune in into that help. You have to lay hold of that help. You have to claim access to that help because God is willing to help you. But you have to come to him. And hand over your burden to him and trust him that he is able to help you. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Finally, the last verse that I want to end with is in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 to 6. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, let your character, which is your moral essence, your inner nature, be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you. I will never desert you. That is, I will never under any circumstance desert you nor give up nor leave you without support. Nor will I in any degree leave you helpless. Nor will I forsake you nor let you down or relax my hold on you assuredly not for we take comfort and i encourage and confidently say the lord is my helper i will not be afraid what will man do to me and this was quoting from the psalms so the writer of hebrews encouraging his audience says that let your character, who you are, be without greed. Be financially et- ethical. Don't cut corners. Don't go the way of the world. If everybody is doing something as a child of God, that you know it's not good, it, don't also do the same thing. People who are without help can rely on schemes and their own method. But he says, as a child of God, be financially ethical. Be content with what you have. For I have said that I will never, if you have God, you have the greatest possession. And he says, be content with what you have. If you know that God is on your side, you have no reason not to be content. God is on you. He says, and he has promised that I will not leave you. I will not desert you. He says, there is, I will not leave you helpless, nor will I let you down. He says, I will not relax my hold on you. So God is not going to relax his hold on you because there is trouble or because there is a problem that he cannot solve. He says, I will not relax my hold on you. So you can take comfort as a child of God and say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. If God is your helper, you should not be afraid. No matter what you go through, no matter what life throws at you, If God is the one helping you, do not be afraid. For he has assured you that he is never going to leave you. He is never going to relax his help for you. He says that he has inscribed your name in the palm of his hands. God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our strength means that we solely and totally rely on him we depend on him heavily with everything we have knowing that that confidence is a 100% confidence that we will never be disappointed because the one who has assured us of the promise that we are relying on is a promise that does not fail. The Bible says by two immutable things it is impossible for God to lie. If there is anything impossible for God that it is against his nature to lie. He cannot lie. He cannot deny himself. And so you can rely on God that there is help for you in God. There is help for each one of us in God. It's not like God is going to ever be overwhelmed helping and trying to solve so many problems. He is never overwhelmed. There's nothing that will overwhelm God. He all he always have everything under control. And this is the person or this is the one who has promised us that I will help you. And if God is your help, there is nothing in life that should ever make you afraid. If everything we believe about God and everything the Bible says about God, if we believe those things and know those things to be true, then we don't have to be afraid because there is hell for us in God. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning that you are reminding us that there is help for us in your name. There is help for us in you. We pray in Jesus' name, bringing every burden and every problem of God that is represented in this meeting into your hands, God. That, Lord, you will help us. That you will not leave us helpless. You will not leave us as orphans. You will not leave us without help. Father, we pray that you will help us in the midst of every crisis. In the midst of any problems that we are facing. Father, we pray that you will help us. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray for anyone who is sick in any part of their body right now. That you will touch them, heal them and deliver them from every pain. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.